0: It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening.
1: Finally, it's election day. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. I
2: need every one of you to get out the votes. If we're all
1: in, we win. The U.S. House, a third of the Senate and 36 governors races up for grabs today. Presidents Biden and Trump on the stump last night in a last ditch get out the vote effort.
2: We know in our bones that our democracy is at risk. If you want to save your rights and liberties, you have to start
0: by dealing a humiliating rebuke to the radical left in this election. Republicans
1: need a net gain of five seats to take the House, just one to win the Senate.
2: And it it's time it is time for us to sign up for America. Let's make this country
1: great again. Correspondent Haley Jackson says Democrats have pretty much conceded control of the House. I
2: had one Democratic member of Congress say to me, yeah, they're preparing for a House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, which I think says a lot.
1: It is the Senate, she says, where all the drama will play out tonight. Political pundit Steve Kornacki says, we could know a lot when the polls close in Georgia, North Carolina, and Ohio.
3: It could be in that 7 to 8 o'clock hour tonight out of Georgia at 7.30. Ohio and North Carolina are both going to close. These are Senate races where Democrats are trying to flip Republican seats
1: and where Democrats probably come into today as underdogs. There are three other states that are key to which party will control the Senate, but, Kornacki says, and it's a big but, we may not know those results tonight.
4: What states are going to keep us awake the longest tonight?
3: Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona. I just think those are going to be the longest, and you're not talking hours. You're talking potentially days, and we could be waiting on Senate control. Governor's race
1: is also being closely watched in three states, Arizona, Oregon, and New York. In New York, Lee Zeldin hoping to pull off the upset. We cannot continue with more of the same. That's why I'm in this race, to do my part to save our state. In Arizona, TV personality Carrie Lake has made border security her priority. We gotta secure that border.
0: And I'm tired of having the left tell us what we can and can't
1: talk about. And in Oregon, Christine Drazen hopes to make history tonight by becoming the first Oregon governor who's a Republican in 40 years.
4: Oregonians
0: across our state are talking about kitchen table issues.
1: Already more than 42 million votes have been cast in this election, making it the highest turnout ever for a midterm. I'm
2: extraordinarily concerned about the state of hate in
1: this country. Red Hume of Fox News thinks it'll all come down to pocketbook politics with sky-high inflation driving the vote. Voters can feel what they feel. I mean, it is simply not possible when people are feeling something the way they feel inflation because everybody feels Even if you can afford it, you still feel it and you don't like it. The evangelical vote could be huge tonight as well. Focus on the family urging Christians to vote their
4: values. We
0: should be looking at where do candidates fall on the issue of the sanctity of human
1: life. Spokeswoman Nicole Hunt.
0: How a candidate respects religious freedom. We should be considering can I exercise my faith openly and freely in the public square.
1: Also on the ballot this year, several statewide referendums that have to do with everything from abortion to slavery to voter ID. Correspondent Matt Piper.
0: The
2: measures range from enshrining abortion rights in five states, including California and Michigan, to five states voting to possibly eliminate language that allows slavery as punishment in prisons. Recreational marijuana will appear on midterm ballots in five states, including the Dakotas and Arkansas. Voters in Ohio and Louisiana are deciding whether to prohibit non-citizens from voting in local elections. While in Arizona, more strict voter ID requirements are on the ballot. There's a ballot
1: in initiative on the back of the ballot in New York today that asks voters to approve borrowing over four billion dollars for infrastructure and climate change projects.
0: Just like we have to uh, invest in our own home to put on a new roof or replace the kitchen fixtures, it makes sense to invest in the systems that provide us with water we drink and the air we breathe.
1: Eric Goldstein is with the Natural Resources
0: Defense Council. We can expect these funds will be used to replace leaded pipes to to provide clean air with new fleets of clean school buses, to build more resilient infrastructure.
1: Critics say the $4.2 billion bond act will only burden taxpayers who are already struggling with inflation. Former President Donald Trump has something to say one week
0: from today. I'm going to be making a very big announcement on Tuesday, November 15. Mar-a-Lago
1: in Palm Beach, Florida. That was Trump last night in Dayton, Ohio. His son, Eric, earlier today.
3: My father did a phenomenal job, and you look at every accomplishment that he had get flushed down the drain by just incompetent leadership, and I think people see that. My father's a guy who fought for this nation. Uh, He woke up every single day. He loved this country. He put America first, and it seems like these guys do the exact opposite.
1: Experts predict the Trump decision will go a long way toward whittling down the potential GOP presidential field in 2024. House Speaker Pelosi says the attack on her husband at their San Francisco home will go a long way in deciding whether she will retire from politics. 82-year-old Paul Pelosi hit over the head with a hammer during a home invasion. The accused broke into the home, say police, looking for the House Speaker, who was not there at the time. Still to come on the noon report, an Election Day event edition of the noon report counting votes in pennsylvania turnout is key in new york and snow in the forecast maybe this weekend well good
4: afternoon on this election day if you're voting this afternoon as you cast your ballot you'll also be casting a shadow to and from the polls as that sun will prevail i'll have forecast details coming up in 10 minutes.
1: All right, we will see you then, Kevin Williams. Thank you. Winter-like weather maybe knocking on the door of western New York late this weekend. Family Life's Dee
0: Haley. November started with record warmth, but that will be taking a turn. Following a cool-down today, the rest of this week is expected to be sunny and mild. However, a large storm moving into the west coast will bring colder air by the end of the weekend. Forecasters say the region could be at risk for heavy rainfall late Friday into early Saturday Lake effect precipitation may develop on Sunday in the form of rain or snow. This could have an impact on Sunday's bill's game against the Minnesota Vikings in Orchard Park. D. Haley. Family Life News. Thank
1: you, Dee. As the curtain comes down on the 2022 midterms, all eyes are on two very close contests in New York and Pennsylvania. We'll begin in the Empire State in the race for governor between incumbent Kathy Hochul and challenger Lee Zeldin, who remains confident he can win in deep blue New York. I believe that she's going to get
2: fired by the voters of New York who want to take their streets back.
1: Zeldin has made crime a central part of his campaign. Hochul accuses him of fear
2: he has been hyperventilating, trying to scare people for months.
1: Political pundit Chris Coffey says this race will come down to how much of New York City turns out at the polls
4: today. If the city turnout is strong, it probably is good news for Governor Hochul. If the city turnout is light, it is probably bad news for Governor Hochul.
1: Coffee uh, says for Zeldin to have a chance tonight, he'll have to win 30% of the vote in New York City. Polls close at 9 p.m. In New York, in the race for Senate in Pennsylvania, Republican challenger Mehmet Oz cast his ballot this morning in the suburbs of Philadelphia.
3: Pennsylvania is sending a very clear
1: message to Washington: we want less radicalism and more balance. So I
3: encourage everyone to vote.
1: It's your duty. Democratic challenger John Fetterman likes his chances despite suffering a stroke back in May.
2: Every day I feel better and better. By January I'll be even better.
1: This is a race that many pundits predict could take days to decide. Reporter Wendy Gillette. In
2: the toss-up Pennsylvania
4: Senate race between Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz, it may come down to
3: undecided voters like Pam Janovac. I purposely wait until the day before election because everybody's said all of the foolish things they're going to say in debates, and
1: everybody's had their ads out there, and then I feel like I can look at everybody's track record. She's still on the fence. Polls show the candidates separated by just a point or two. John Fetterman is suing to have thousands of fatally flawed absentee and mail-in ballots counted. Already, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said they will not count. Polls are open in Pennsylvania until 8 o'clock this evening. Lots of congressional races to decide to day in New York. Family Life's Brandon Dixon has a
4: rundown on some of those down-ballot contests. Residents in the 22nd Congressional District are choosing between Republican Brandon Williams and Democrat Francis Canole. That district covers all of Madison, Onondaga, and Oneida counties, as well as parts of Oswego County. In the 23rd District, Nick Langworthy, the chair of the state Republican Party, takes on Democrat Max Delapia. That district includes the Southern Tier and some of the South Towns of Buffalo. In the 24th District, Republican Claudia Tenney battles Democrat Stephen Holden in a region that runs from Niagara County to the North Country and some of the Finger Lakes. And in the 26th District race, Democratic Congressman Brian Higgins takes on Republican challenger Stephen Sams. That district includes the city of and the suburbs surrounding Buffalo. Polls close at 9 o'clock tonight. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. Thank you, Brandon. And again, in Pennsylvania, you have until 8 o'clock to cast
1: your ballot in this election. Other news today, news where you live. Two people killed in a tractor-trailer crash last night. It happened around 5 p.m. on the Route 13 off-ramp on Interstate 86 in the village of Horseheads. One victim was ejected. The other died inside the truck. Police say the driver of the big rig failed to negotiate a curfew drove off the ramp and into some trees. No names being released yet. An Orleans County nursing home the subject of a class action lawsuit. That facility accused of making deadly mistakes during the COVID pandemic.
3: Here's Family Life's Mark Webster. The lawsuit filed on behalf of families of residents who died during the pandemic accuses the villages of Orleans of failing to follow safety protocols resulting in patient COVID deaths. Among the elderly. LA- Allegations, the suit claims the facility failed to separate COVID-positive residents from the rest of the population and failed to issue proper protective equipment to staff. Last year, the care facility was fined $86,000 by the state for COVID-related violations. Mark Webster, Family Life News.
1: Thank you, Mark. Fraternity activities been temporarily suspended at Cornell University in Ithaca, this after multiple students were drugged during social gatherings at off-campus frat houses. A sexual assault was also reported to police. Pennsylvania parents who rely on child care are getting some financial assistance. Family Life's Terry Diener has those details.
4: Officials say the state independent care
2: enhancement program aims to give families additional support as the cost of child care can heavily burden families. Families that qualify for the federal child independent tax credit will also qualify for the states. When filing taxes at the beginning of 2023, families will be able to claim the credit. The average credit is estimated to be around $171, but the credit is Based on the family's income. Terry Deener.
1: Family Life News. Okay, Doug, thank you, Terry. Veterans Day is this Friday, and those who've served in uniform can celebrate with a free day of fishing. Anglers who are part of the armed forces will not need a license to fish on Friday. And to find a fishing spot near you, go to DEC.ny.gov. A bum elbow could be bad news for Buffalo. The Bills say an elbow injury could sideline their quarterback. Josh Allen this weekend in the team's home game against the Minnesota Vikings. Allen was hurt Sunday and the Bills lost to the Jets at MetLife Stadium. We've got more sports next on the Family Life Noon
2: Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, last night in New Orleans, Kenyon Drake churned out 93 yards on the ground and scored a couple of touchdowns. Lamar Jackson threw for 215 yards and another touchdown. The Ravens won their third straight. This one, 27-13 over the Saints. With the win, Baltimore now leads the AFC North with a 6-3 record. On the hardwood, the Knicks took control of their game against Minnesota early on, pulling out to a 27-point lead in the second quarter. Julius Randle led the way, knocking down eight three-pointers. He scored 31. The Knicks won going away, 120-107. to In Dallas, Kevin Durant fouled on a three-point attempt with a little over five seconds to play. The Nets down by three. KD made the first free throw, but then he missed the next two, and the Mavericks escaped with a 96-94 win over Brooklyn. Welcome back Joel Embiid. He had 33 points and 10 rebounds to lead Philadelphia over the Suns 100 to 88. Elsewhere, the Wizards beat Charlotte 108-100, Houston 134, Orlando 127, Detroit over Oklahoma City 112-103, the Pacers got past the Pelicans 129-122, it was Atlanta 117, Milwaukee 98, the Heat fell to Portland 110-107, Chicago topped Toronto 111-97. 111-97. Celtics by three over Memphis, 109-106. Denver beat San Antonio, 115-109. Steph Curry scored 47 to lead Golden State past Sacramento, 116-113. The Jazz walloped the Lakers, 139-116. And it was the Clippers by a bucket over the Cavs, 119-117. On the Icy Islanders came back from a two-goal deficit and won an overtime 3-2 to two against Calgary. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy, man. Still to come on the Noon Report, an
1: Election Day edition. Trump's big announcement. Get ready to ride the meteorological roller coaster. And at the end of the broadcast, a 93-year-old poll worker out of Pennsylvania.
3: Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, on John Stone Street. Every election season seems to reignite perennial debates over Christianity and politics. This time, at least in the Twitterverse, they seem more intense than usual, especially for a midterm election. And just as the volume has escalated to an almost intolerable level, a set of tweets have come from across the pond with a contribution both historical and helpful. Glenn Scrivener is an evangelist and the director of a ministry called Speak Life. He pointed out by looking at three key social transformations throughout history that were influenced by Christianity, what we can learn about this so-called choice between prayer and politics, between evangelism and voting. In each case, Christians changed the world for the better by ignoring the either or options that are so often presented to us on social media. For example, Christians played a central role in ending infanticide, actively looking for and rescuing babies before the Roman Emperor Valentinian I created laws against the killing of unwanted babies. In the case of the gladiatorial games, Christians did not only preach, but a monk named Telemachus martyred himself in front of a large crowd, attempting to stop a duel, and ultimately changed the heart of the Roman Emperor. And, of course, there was the abolition of slavery, which required both inspired preaching and a change in British parliamentary law. Scrivener's point here is that these three transformations occurred through not just the church and not just the state, but both. He then offered five observations about the church's cruciform witness. That's the phrase that he used, and these are worth quoting at length. First, cruciform witness and political power have sometimes allied to achieve world transforming goods. Let this challenge the quietists who have no place for political involvement. Second, each of these political transformations has included extraordinary shifts in hearts and minds. It's therefore not naive to aim for social evils becoming quote unquote unthinkable. In fact, that aim is a pretty good sign you're after a thoroughly Christian transformation. Third, having said that, laws do teach. The crowd that stoned Telemachus was not suddenly happy with the end of the games popularity should not decide whether evil should be outlawed or not and sometimes laws play a role in teaching people what they should have learned from preaching fourth the church carries a very different sword to the state the sword of the spirit not the sword of violence or coercion the church must put away that sword if the church derides cruciform witness which means dying well dying in hope it's a sign that we've taken up the wrong sword fifth all these historical transformations have been thoroughly Christian, but have not been uniformly left or right wing. End quote. In each of the three cases that Scrivener described, the church did not impose anything. It proposed a better way. And we do well to do the same today. For example, when we support unwed mothers at pregnancy resource centers and when we vote against ballot initiatives that threaten children, such as Prop 3 in Michigan when we love those with gender dysphoria by sharing the truth about the harms of transgender ideology, and when we urge legislators to protect parental rights. You see, this is what our cruciform witness will look like today, faithful devotion to Christ leading to a loving engagement with a watching world. Well, recently, Glenn Scrivener was a guest on the Upstream podcast with Shane Morris. You can listen to that interview wherever you get your podcast. just look for Upstream. And please, please, if you haven't already, today, go vote. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. This breakpoint was co authored by Dr. Heather Peterson. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, please go to colsoncenter.org.
4: We are coming
1: up on 20 past the hour. Kevin Williams next.
4: Good afternoon. Here is your family life weather forecast. Rather pleasant November weather is ahead the next several days, though certainly cooler today compared to recent days. Our call for this afternoon, plenty of sunshine. Cooler than recent days, but reasonable, seasonable. High temps, mid-40s to the mid-50s, then dropping tonight in the 20s and 30s under a moonlit sky. Tomorrow, Thursday, plenty of sunshine and warming up again. 50s to near 60 tomorrow, 60s to near 70 for some on Thursday.
1: Alrighty, thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Here's what's happening this Tuesday, the eighth day of November, Election Day in America. Your vote, your voice, with control of Congress at stake today. Political pundits predict record turnout for a midterm election.
4: Are you ready to take the state back? Ah!
1: The candidates have spoken. Now it's time for you to decide. More than 40 million voters have already taken part in the election, making it the highest turnout ever. Americans are deciding which party should control Congress next year.
2: Very important to vote. I think it is a toss-up. The polling shows it's going to be
4: a photo finish.
1: Former White House aide Carl Rove says when the polls close just six hours from now in some states, we could know the trajectory of this election.
2: I'm looking at the early results in Indiana, Kentucky, Virginia, comparing what they are today to what they were two years ago to begin to get a sense of how big the swing is from the Democrats in 2020 to the Republicans in 2022.
1: In New York State, where registered Democrats outnumber Republicans by more than a two-to-one margin, the governor's race is going down to the wire.
0: Pulse of Long Island Congressman Lee Zeldin, a Republican surging over the past month, giving Democratic Governor Kathy a race that's neck and neck Highly dependent on who shows up to vote I always run like I'm the underdog Zilton has been capitalizing On New Yorkers' fear of crime
2: It wasn't until New Yorkers united In the early 90s that they decided That they were going to take back our streets
0: Polls are open in New York until 9pm I'm Sarah Lee Kessler The
1: polls close at 8 tonight In Pennsylvania where there's a crucial U.S. Senate race underway Already they're running into some voting issues. Here's Family Life's Brian Query.
2: Pennsylvania election officials have found that more than 1,000 mail-in ballots cast in Allegheny County are either missing or have incorrect dates listed on them. That error may cause their votes to not be counted. This is because the Pennsylvania Supreme Court unanimously ruled on November 1st that state officials cannot count votes from mail-in or absentee ballots that lack accurate handwritten dates on their return envelopes. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thank you, Brian.
1: New York voters have a bond act to decide on the back of a ballot today. It asks for permission to borrow $4.2 billion for infrastructure and climate change projects. Environmentalist Julie Tai strongly supports Prop
4: 1.
0: Everyone knows that we need clean water and everybody wants to drink it. We all want to see more jobs and we estimate that this will generate about 84,000 good paying jobs.
1: Opponents argue $4.2 billion is a lot to ask of New York taxpayers who are already feeling the crush of record high inflation correspondent mark mayfield takes a closer look at some of the other ballot initiatives being decided today they have to do with everything from abortion to slavery
3: to voting laws california michigan vermont kentucky and montana have measures that will either limit access to abortion or establish it as a right alabama louisiana Vermont, Oregon, and Tennessee have got initiatives that would remove language in their constitutions that still allow for some form of slavery. In Ohio, there's an initiative to bar local governments from allowing non-citizens to vote. A Colorado proposal would allow the consumption of psychedelics for medical purposes. I'm Mark Mayfield. The
1: White House says there are no credible threats to election security at the ballot box this year. Despite concerns about voter intimidation at polling places, the Justice Department has sent monitors to 24 states to ensure that federal voting rights laws are being followed. Officials are also keeping close tabs on the potential for foreign interference in our election. Former President Trump has a big announcement to make one week from today at his estate in Florida. Haley Jackson with NBC News says if he's gunning for his old job again, it's going to whittle down the GOP presidential field for 2024. This
2: will box out some people who could end up in a crowded Republican primary that by declaring early, perhaps it it shows a former president flexing some muscle and maybe some of these potential candidates who are on the bubble might not run.
1: The Trump announcement comes the same day as the new Mike Pence book drops. Pence and Trump have been at odds ever since the events of January 6th, 2021. It's 25 past the hour, next at noon a closer look at the midterm elections with our PhD of politics, Dr. Steve Coleman. I spoke to him just a few moments ago. Well, Steve, uh, this is a midterm like none other. Already history-making midterm. More Americans are taking part in this election than in any midterm in history more than 42 million votes already cast and uh, i expect it might be a long night if you're looking for results in some of those key contests let's just get started by having you explain what you think we'll be talking about tomorrow at this time
0: i think we'll be talking about uh The Republicans winning the House. So we'll definitely be going forward with divided government. I think the uh, Senate very well could still be a question mark. I think a lot of races are so close we won't know the results by tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, uh, some of those races, Arizona, Georgia, Uh, and Georgia, if they don't get 50% of the vote, there's a runoff that'll take place in December. Uh, But the one we're interested in, and this is the one we've been talking about for months, is the Dr. Oz-John Fetterman contest. Fetterman is suing to have a lot of ballots that have been declared illegal counted in that final tally. How much do you think that will factor into the final results in Pennsylvania?
0: Well, it's going to be very close, so I think it could factor in. If those votes are counted, it could factor in. On the other hand, I think John Fetterman, when he debated Dr. Oz, I think he showed to the voters of Pennsylvania that he was uh, incapable of being a U.S. senator. You know, God bless him. You know, he he suffered a stroke, but he's obviously still dealing with the after effects. And being a senator is a big job. It's a big deal. So I think uh, Dr. Oz uh, at this point very well could uh, defeat uh, John Fetterman. And uh, that, of course, means that Pennsylvania, that seat, will remain Republican.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because this other race that doesn't get nearly as much attention in Pennsylvania, the governor's race, Doug Mastriano and Josh Shapiro. Shapiro seems to be running away with that one, Steve. Uh, How come Mastriano wasn't able to put up more of a fight in Pennsylvania?
0: I think people in Pennsylvania see him as too far to the right. And in terms of election, you know, election denial and so forth, I think the... A lot of the folks in Pennsylvania think he's in political fantasy land.
1: Gotcha. Uh, And now to the big one in New York. This was a race a few months ago nobody was talking about, but now it could go down to the wire, Uh, the Lee Zeldin-Kathy Hochul race in New York. Um, We had a pundit on earlier today say if Zeldin gets three out of every ten votes in New York City, he could win. What do you say, Steve?
0: I agree with that. This is a, a very important race. The headline in the New York Daily News says uh, showdown. <laughs> and there's a picture of Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul on the front page beside each other. So this is a big race. I think what's helped Lee Zeldin is he's been laser focused on crime. People in New York are afraid. They're anxious. Uh, they've seen Armageddon In the New York subway system, there has been gunfire in front of Lee Zeldin's house. They identify Kathy Hochul with cashless bail, criminals being arrested and going back out in the street, a revolving door. So people in New York are afraid. This really is why Lee Zeldin has gained so much momentum and very well could win the election and defeat Democrat Kathy Hochul.
1: And then the final question, Steve, control of Congress. You already mentioned you think the House will go Republican. That's not where the real story is, though. The real drama is in the Senate. Do you think we'll know by the time we go to bed tonight uh, which party will control the United States Senate next
0: year? No, I do not think we'll we'll know. My uh, opinion is, my expert opinion is, that the Republicans will win the Senate, but we won't know by tonight. There's so many states in play. As you know, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, New Hampshire, all these states are very important. So we won't know by bedtime. But at the end of the day, I think Republicans will have a net gain of one and will win the uh, the Senate. One thing I, I think is uh, very important, people have been saying, well, Americans have lost faith in their institutions. Well, we're going to have a record vote today, and every vote, um, I think, reaffirms people's confidence in American institutions. You know, in America, we don't solve our problems with bullets. We solve our problems with ballots.
1: That is Dr. Steve Coleman, a political pundit from the southern tier. Again, polls open till 9 tonight in New York. They close at 8 in Pennsylvania. This is the Noon Report on Family Life.
4: Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Rather pleasant November weather is ahead the next several days, though certainly cooler today compared to recent days. Our next weather maker could be what is now Tropical Storm Nicole, approaching the bahamas in florida over the next couple of days it could move up into the northeastern united states with some hefty rains on friday also initiating a pattern shift more to a winter-like pattern this weekend and beyond our call for this afternoon though plenty of sunshine cooler than recent days but reasonable seasonable high temps mid-40s to the mid-50s then dropping tonight in the 20s and 30s under a moonlit sky tomorrow there is a plenty of sunshine and warming up again 50s to near 60 tomorrow 60s to near 70 for some on thursday
1: okay kevin after that things change big time and finally noon an election related story with a heartwarming twist here to tell us about it is family life's greg gillespie pundits tell us turnout will
4: be a key to election results but there is a 93 year old woman who has turned out for every election for 70 years running as a poll worker Dolly Kiskadden has been on polling place duty in her hometown since 1950, when Harry Truman was president. All those elections she has put in her 14-hour days, greeting voters in her precinct in Cleona, Pennsylvania, a town of 2,000 people east of Harrisburg. Kiskadden is well aware of the political nastiness across the nation. The 93-year-old's nonpartisan advice for voters, stop thinking about yourself and think about what kind of an effect you're having in the country. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. All
1: right, great advice there. Thank you, Greg. And that's the world we live in for Tuesday, Election Day, the 8th of November. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News.
0: You've been listening to The Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.